It's so important uh, and something I try to elucidate you know, each time I preach. It's so important to understand the context of the scripture because we, you know, we hear it and it's a bit, it's not always contextualized. We don't always necessarily know where it fits in the scriptures. And so if we just extract sort of sayings or, or segments of scripture, we can then end up turning it into things that it never meant in the first place. So what's happening here? Well, what's happening here is that um, Jesus is preparing his apostles to go out. He's preparing them to, uh, to go out and proclaim him, to proclaim the good news, his good news, to proclaim that he is savior. And Jesus knows that they're gonna encounter a lot of opposition and not, not just opposition, they're gonna encounter suffering. They're gonna be persecuted. They're gonna be ridiculed. And all but one of them will be martyred. He knows this, of course he knows this, he's God. And so he's, he's preparing them for the inevitable. And what he's saying to them is, I'm, I'm about to send you out and I want you to proclaim me from the housetops. I want you to claim me as your Lord and Savior, but do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of anyone when you do this. Which is interesting because on one hand, he knows and he's told them, you're going to encounter ridicule. You're going to encounter suffering, right? It's not always going to go well for you. But don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of somebody who in this life may, you know, persecute you or ridicule you. Be afraid of something that may happen to you in eternity, right? So that's the focus. That's what we have to remember, is that Jesus is trying to orient his apostles toward eternity and therefore us as well. And even that little guy going out screaming. <laughs> it's okay, mom, don't worry. We're with you. Um, you know, but the, sometimes it's just good to acknowledge the humanity of what we're, we're, we're all dealing with. It's okay. So, um, so here's Jesus, and he, again, he's trying to say to his apostles, don't live for this moment in the sense that you're trying to gain people's approval. You're not doing this to gain people's approval. You're not, you're not doing this to, to win, uh, you know, somebody's esteem because everything in this life is gonna pass away. What you're about to do, he tells the apostles, and by extension us, what you're about to do has an eternal value. And your life has an eternal value. And when we're focused on eternity, we don't have to fear all of this human sort of suffering and sacrifice that we may have to endure. We don't have to be afraid of it. It's gonna come, but don't fear it because it doesn't have eternal claim. It's temporary. Now, that doesn't mean that it isn't awful. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. The meanest people in the world are junior high girls. <laughs> and I know you're, you're hearing that and it, it sounds kind of funny, but you know, my little niece, well, she's not so little, but she's going into eighth grade and there are other junior high girls here as well. And it's, it's real, like it's real, it really is. And kids can be incredibly mean to each other, and it hurts. 
It hurts badly. And so you junior high girls who suffer, that is real suffering. And not just the girls, you know, all of us. When we suffer, we suffer. It hurts. And so when we put it in the context, though, of our Christianity, right, there's going to be these moments where we are called to profess our faith, to claim that, yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I'm a follower of Christ. But we cannot be afraid that somebody else isn't going to like it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, we're trying to beat people over the head with it, but there are times that we're going to, yeah, do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I go to church. Why do you go to church? It's good for me. Number one, God commands it, and he kind of knows, he made us, so he kind of knows the operating manual. So it's good for us. Go to church, you know, honor me once, once a week. That should be good enough reason. But secondly, it's good for me. And not just you kids. It's good for my family that we go. So when you're out there, right? I don't, I don't I'm out there once in a while among, among the, the pagans, but, you know, and, and every once, you know, when I'm wearing this, I'll be out there and it's, it's just really funny how people react. I mean, sometimes there's persecution, but, you know, usually they're just staring at me. And I'm like, what? What? You know? What? Oh, that, right. Quit looking at me. What's wrong with you, weirdo? You know? But that happens. Um, what's funny is when one of you sees me out there and I'm not wearing this and you do the double take because you can't, you don't recognize me at first. What? Where's your sin fighting suit? Get your. <laughs> not supposed to be wearing shorts. Um, I'm just a regular guy. Anyway, so when we're out there, in here, it should be safe <laughs> to, to be Christian, right? It should be safe for us to claim Christ. That's not the hardship. Out there, Jesus wants us to be Christian. And that doesn't mean that we try to indoctrinate people. It just means that we stand up and we're counted. When the discussion moves to something like God or Catholicism, whatever, you say, yeah, I believe. And yeah, I'm Catholic. You are, wow. Yeah, well, it's good for me, and I like it, and it's good for my family. What's next? There's nothing else to talk about. End of discussion. And if somebody has a problem with that, they're not worth your time, right? Because if they can't respect you and what's good for you, no matter what it is, then they're not worth your time. Shake the dust from your feet. But the Lord wants us to stand up and be counted. And in those moments, when it comes up to say, yeah, I believe. Why do you believe? Because I want to. Back off. <laughs> it's usually how I handle it. Well, I usually don't have to, right? What are you, a priest? And then there's just the whole thing, you know, that comes into it. Um, in some ways, that's easier, and in some ways, that's harder. Now, one of my pet peeves as a priest and as your pastor is this. And it's important that I bring this up every once in a while. My pet peeve, one of them, is men who are wimpy Christians. Oh, I can't stand it. I don't like it at all. What God calls men to be are leaders. And he calls us to be strong, not to lord that leadership over others, not to abuse that leadership in any way, but to see that leadership as an element of service for our families, our wives, our children, and our community. 
Men, God calls you to be strong. He calls you to be virtuous. The, the root, uh, the Latin root of the word virtue is vir, which is man. So, so really it, it, at its root, being virtuous is to be manly. Now, obviously women are called to be virtuous as well, but this is the root that all of us as men should be striving to be men of virtue. And that includes being courageous. And this is what the apostles needed. Jesus is saying, look, don't be afraid of it. And you, you got to think they're saying, yeah, but, you know, I mean, you can say that, but we're about to go out. You're sending us like, you know, lambs to the wolves. Yes, I am. And don't be afraid. Be courageous and be strong. I have yet to meet a young woman who, and this happens, who comes to me and says, Father, I'm trying to find a, trying to find a, a good man, you know? And well, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a man who has no values, is wimpy, who, um, who I'm going to have to lead because he won't lead, and uh, somebody who's not courageous, you know, that's what I'm looking for. I've yet to meet a woman who wants that. And women, I think you can attest to that. You want your men to be strong. You want them to be virtuous. You want them to lead, but you want them to be gentlemen. And you don't want them to lord that over you or abuse that in any way. But you want them to use their leadership as something God has called them to so that it's used in a virtuous manner. Chris sent me a, uh, a study uh, uh, this week is really interesting. And uh, there's a lot you can pull from it. And you know how, how studies are. I mean, there's always holes in it and this and the rest. But, but it's just kind of interesting to reflect on. And the study was this. They studied families and families where the father and mother were observant Christians. So some families, uh, the mother was very observant and the father wasn't. Some vice versa, right? Obviously some, some neither and, and all the rest. What was really interesting in the study is the mother's adherence to the faith had an almost negligible effect on whether or not their children would end up practicing their faith. But the father's, it was profound. If the father was an adherent, practiced their faith well and consistently, it was exponential that the children would as well. And if they didn't, it was exponential in the reverse direction, which is just fascinating. It's just kind of interesting that your children, right, what they are going to learn and their ability to adhere to the faith is very much going to be tied to what dad does. So men, God is calling you to be leaders, and so am I. I need you to be leaders. I need you to lead your families here right? The kids are going to complain about coming. We know that, kids. We know that's what you do. That's why we have donuts. <laughs> because everybody's bribing you. That's, that's exactly why we have it, right? And we want to make it as engaging for you as we can. That's true. But dads, I don't need you complaining. I need you to do your duty, get your families here, and let us do the work. All of us do the work. So I do what I do, and the music does what they do, and the community does what we do, and we support each other. And through all of that, the effect that we are looking for is going to happen. But dads, you're the ones 
who get the family in the car. You're the ones who remind the family of what time mass is. You're the ones. It's your job. I'm calling you to that. And I know I'm making you so angry, but I know you can't fight me on this. No, Father, I don't want to be courageous. Right. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. The, the problems we've had in the past as men is we've abused it. And so we're not going to abuse it. We're going to respect it. And we're going to cherish it. And we're going to cherish the women in our lives. And we're going to cherish and protect our children. But we're going to lead them. So all of us, of course, are called to that as well. Leadership and claiming Christ and not being afraid of that. Whether we're in the schools, uh, you know, whether we're just kind of out and about, uh, in the world, whether we're at work. And again, it doesn't mean beating people up. It just means taking a stand sometimes. It, sometimes it just means being willing to be counted. You know, when a discussion turns to God, yeah, I believe. Of course I do. You do? Yeah. Really? You don't struggle with it? Of course I do, but I believe. And I'm willing to stand up and say so. And it's good for me. And it's good for my family. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's not that hard to do. You don't have to get into the weeds. You just need to take a stand. Now, for the, for the apostles and for us, that's the first thing, right? Is they got to have courage. We have to have courage to be willing to take a stand. That's first. But if we're going to have courage, we need to trust that what God promises is going to happen. So with the courage, it's necessary that there's this trust, which is very much, of course, connected to faith, um, somewhat interchangeable. We need to trust that what he says is true. So, so what Jesus promises us is this. If you are faithful to me in this life, I will, of course, be faithful to you in this life, but most importantly, in the next. You are eternal beings, you are not just meant for this life. In fact, this life is just a, a bit of it. You are eternal beings and you are meant for eternity. You are meant for eternity with me and with all of us. And that's our orientation. That's our focus. And so we, when we get off track, it's because we usually get off track because we're worried about the esteem of others in this life. We're worried about stuff in this life. We get way too focused here, and the Lord continuously in the scriptures warns us about that. If our orientation, our focus is happiness and satisfaction here, number one, we'll always be disappointed, but number two, it fails. It only lasts for a little bit. And God wants us to be thinking eternally, that our lives are meant to be with him forever. And so... Trust in what he says. I don't know why, but I am obstinate in my trust in him. I truly believe him. And you know, especially from last week, there's so much stuff I don't trust. I don't really know who to trust out there in the world anymore. It's really hard. I think it's hard for a lot of us. We, we share that sentiment. But there's one I always trust, and that's Jesus Christ. And it's by him that I will lead my life. And it's by him that I will be saved. And I will live for eternity with him. And I want you there with me. And the way we get there is 
his grace and by being willing to accept that gift of salvation. And that means sometimes standing up and being counted. So have courage and trust that God's promises will be revealed and be made manifest in all of us for eternity. Please stand.